right, hello. Uh, how you doing, Andrew? Doing well. Let's talk about singer songwriters. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, we've we've gone a while without sort of. I'm sure we've touched on singer songwriters in some of our discussions or songs of the week or whatever, but felt like we wanted to do a slightly deeper dive into that genre and talk about two artists in particular who are kind of on different ends of that spectrum. So we're going to talk a little bit about Craig Finn, lead singer of The Hold Steady, who has a new album, and uh, a Canadian singer-songwriter named Leif Volabek, who Andrew um, introduced me to in, in the past week or so. But before we before we sort of use their albums and a couple of their songs, just singer-songwriter, like, is it is it a genre in your mind? Like, it's, like, like, it can be, encompass so many different things. Like, it just essentially means one person is in charge of most of the songwriting and singing, and whether that is enough to be a genre is kind of an open question. What do, you, what do you think? Do you think of it as a genre? I, I actually do think of it as a genre, mainly because when I think of what a genre is, it's a way of categorizing what you're going to get out of a artist that, that you haven't heard before. And when you hear a singer-songwriter, there are certain... A- qualities to a singer-songwriter that you're going to get if you use that title. Uh, mainly, it's probably going to be one person, maybe maybe two people, maybe. Um, it's going to be intimate. It's probably going to be acoustic. There are certain qualities that I think apply across the board. I do think it's kind of a top-level genre, so there's going to be a lot of sub-genres that you can dig down. So someone saying it's a singer-songwriter doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be something you like if you like other singer-songwriters, but I, I completely think it's a uh, it's a genre, and um, it's a good one. No, I, that that makes total sense. That, that there's not like that that sort of crossover effect of if you like one singer songwriter, you, you're necessarily going to like all these others. But I think that what is sort of implied in that title is a kind of intimacy, and it has a lot to do with audience response. I think I think fans get really attached to singer songwriters. There's something about the vulnerability, the fact that usually it's named by the person, it's their name, like there's there's a there's a little deeper sense of fan attachment, sometimes like sort of fan possession of the songs. I think often it's a little easier, whether it's right or wrong, to read autobiography into the songwriting of singer-songwriters, confessional, first person, coffee shops, like some of those tropes, which I mean a lot of singer-songwriters kind of subvert or probably resent. But I think some of them are there and just the sense of people get really passionate about their singer-songwriters and sort of have this this ownership over the music and the songs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That that confessional, which I think you said is is right on the key on right on the money in terms of what I think about a singer-songwriter is that confessional style of music. I think both the artists we have today, uh, I think you'll see that in both of their songs, um, something that is almost in almost every one of their songs. So yeah, and, and, and let's get into Craig Finn a little bit. So Craig Finn um, has a new solo album. It's called We All Want the Same Things. I think it came out on uh, March 24th. So so recent release. And uh, most people will know Craig Finn because of his his work as the lead singer and songwriter of, of the just awesome band, The Hold Steady. Uh, I think they're I think they're like sort of, yeah, they're like a Minneapolis. Maybe they're based in Brooklyn now, but sort of like associated with Minnesota rock band almost in like a classic rock mold a lot of spring scene comparisons like sort of hyper hyper literate like fun sort of beer soaked rock and roll and they have some just really stellar albums boys and girls in america is is a classic in my opinion and and they've produced i don't know five to seven really solid albums and and craig finn has started taking some of his some of his lyrical skills and songwriting and, and the whole study still exists and they're still making albums, but between albums, Finn has been recording some solo stuff that 
is pretty different in feel. It's pretty stripped down. It's 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 highlights his storytelling. Some of it can feel almost spoken word. There's pretty low instrumentation. It's it's quiet. Definitely the music is quiet. There's often like a guitar and maybe a subtle horn section, but it's not a big sound. And um, do you have a do you have a? I mean, I, my my opinion of his solo stuff in general, I guess, is that. I like it, but I'd rather see him applying most of his efforts to the hold steady. I just, I just love the hold steady, and I, I'm the, the lyrics are good enough on those albums that I'm not sure he needs to go to a solo route to highlight his really good storytelling. Even though we can get into a couple of these tracks, and these are pleasant albums, and this is a pleasant album, but I don't see returning to it over and over as much as I liked some of these songs. W- what did you think of, of of this new Craig Finn album, Andrew? Uh, I, I feel the same way. I actually like it, I think, a little bit more than you do. The whole study is always a little bit of an, an enigma to me because it feels like a their music, sonically speaking, I don't think they're that groundbreaking in any sense. And they're kind of on the map because of his literal lyrics. So it was nice to see an attempt just to go 100% for the literal lyrics, 100% through uh, Craig Finn's mind. At that, With that being said, I think a lot of the tracks on on this album miss the mark in one way or another. They feel, like you said, you're not going to come back to them. They're clever lyrics. Every now and then there's a, a nice little verse that really works. But in general, it seems like it kind of hits the mark. So I don't know if I really disagree with the strategy or whether I just disagree with the execution. Yeah, let's 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 listen to a little bit of one of the songs that I think is is more representative of this album. And, and that's this song called Tangle Town. A little, little bit of a song called Tangletown that I think is kind of like right in the middle of how most of the songs on this album sound, just so listeners can get a little feel if they haven't heard some of this Craig Finn album. Those high heel boots, splitting checks for some massive groups, red teeth in the back blues, the sketchy truth about the vineyard youth, can't slow down but her car's in the shop, she can't bail but she still wants to rock. She can't listen to the people talk Just stares beyond their shoulders Waits until their mouths stop moving She knows this guy who likes to fool around He's got a big house up in Tangletown He claims he used to have a family Falls asleep way too easily She walks around once he passes out Calls a car and collects what's hers Takes a bottle when she's walking out She's working at the court When she gets back into a building So that's that's the song Tangletown um, And as Andrew was saying like The storytelling here is, is stellar uh, It's it's a kind of like weird, sad Raymond Carver short story of a song where the first half of the song is about this waitress who's dating a rich guy and she feels kind of lonelier in the relationship. And then in the second half, it kind of switches to his perspective, close third person of him and how he's divorced and losing money. And he's trying to impress this waitress he's dating by, by taking her out to fancier dinners than he can really afford because he's <laughs> paying so much in this divorce. And and then the, the song sort of ends with both of them like just drinking and falling asleep as alone as they've ever felt. So it's it's a sad and sort of evocative and empathetic song. And, and I think the story really works. But I don't know, Andrew, you didn't seem to like it sonically all that much, or at least to find it kind of a little boring. Is that I don't know if that characterizes your opinion accurately. Yeah, this is a, a funny one, because for a lot of the Craig Finn stuff, I actually like to go and 
read the lyrics while I'm listening to the song because I do yeah, feel like I'm going to yeah. miss something and there's so much going on. Each line has so much in it. And this one, if you look at the lyrics, it's a wonderful little short story. And then when you listen to it, it has this weird cadence. Uh, that's the biggest issue I had sonically. There's this cadence that never stopped. It was verse after verse after verse. No chorus, no bridge, no break. And it kind of ruins the story personally for me, or at least it takes a lot of it away. So I think that kind of does highlight an issue with the album and maybe what Craig Finn's trying to do with this where, yeah, his, his lyrics are great, but just the, the execution that when you add the, the sonic side of things, it just kind of becomes a mess. I, I, I definitely agree. And this is the kind of song, it's fine. I, I, like, I, will, I would happily listen to this album again and will listen to it again, but a Hold Steady song often has a kind of very talky verse, but then you end up with this great like sing-along chorus with kind of crashing instrumentation and a big sound, and, and then you go back, and it feels like those two things sort of trade off one another really well, and I agree that this song doesn't really change or build, and, the, and all of it comes just through the storytelling, which is a beautiful, evocative story, but without enough to kind of latch onto in the sound, or that there's kind of nothing here that's that's resembling a hook like it's it's a little tough to to just depend on his really interesting lyrics and the fact that he he creates believable characters in these short verses like that's that's an incredible skill but i still think it works better in in the context of a, of a good hold steady song although it seems like we we think the the, the standout of this um, album in a song that maybe does work best and only as sort of a, a solo song in this way is the really interesting song God in Chicago. Um, so let's listen to a little bit of this this song that I, I think is kind of a, a standout and definitely sounds different than anything else on the album. This is God in Chicago, Craig Finn. He's still hearing everything. She just needs a break from it. Said she wants to come with. We left really early. Went from St. Paul to Cicero in my Chevrolet that didn't have any radio. Had a boombox in the back seat that was running out of batteries. Played 1999 in the Led Zeppelin III. When the tape deck got all wobbly, she still sang the harmonies. The transaction was easy. My buddy looked similar, just a little bit heavier. And counting all the money in front of him seems silly. This isn't the movies. It was over so quickly. Wayne got in his car, drove into the sunset, turned left onto Cermak, and she turned to me and said, I've never been to Chicago, I got nothing going on tomorrow, maybe we could stay here tonight, lose ourselves in the glass and light. So what do you think of this song, Andrew? God in Chicago. I think it's like the fifth track on, on kind of buried in the middle here. I thought it was great. This is where you see maybe the other side of Craig Finn, where it starts to really work and you see what he's trying to do here. This is almost uh, just him talking, which is it's wonderful. I, I, the story is so lush. You get into it. The characters feel very, you feel very connected over what, a four or five minute song. I don't think it's that long. It's it's great. This is exactly what you want out of something like Craig Finn. And it's something I really enjoyed. I don't know if I've ever even heard a song like this before. It's so just him talking, but that is so engrossing. That isn't just kind of boring or you lose track of it. So yeah, this is the standout track for me. 
Yeah, no, it's it it is a really cool song, and and you sort of get hooked. Like I guess the story is this girl, maybe an ex girlfriend, maybe a friend, maybe they'd gotten together briefly. Like her brother seems to have died, or perhaps committed suicide. It's a little unclear. And and among his possessions is is some drugs that she calls the narrator like of of the song to help her get rid of these drugs and make a little money off of them and just sort of hide them and then they go on this kind of road trip to sell off the drugs to an old connection from college and then end up spending sort of a weird lonely mournful uh night in chicago together and it's it's just beautifully told and like a couple minutes in some instrumentation comes in and and then there's the moment with the harmonies it just it builds and i think this is this is the song on the album that feels like this is the right medium for this like this i can't really picture this as a hold steady song and the intimacy and the fact that it's spoken almost straight through and you just have this kind of piano line punctuating that like just feels like you're being whispered to in this in it's a it's a powerful <laughs> song and like super locationally specific and it's it's almost hard to believe that this isn't a real experience that Craig Finn has had or that he's heard somebody tell him about like because it feels so earned and lived and maybe it's a real experience maybe not and in some ways more impressive if it's not just to create this out of thin air and fictionalize this this really strange weird idiosyncratic sad story but um it's a really cool song any other thoughts on the Craig Finn album before we move away to, to, to really, in, uh, I think, an album that shows how different singer-songwriters can be from album to album and why it's sort of a misnomer as a genre? Uh, no, just that uh, I think you introduced me to Craig Finn and the whole study, so you know, thanks for that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm happy to <laughs> chip away at the many, many bands you've introduced me to over the years <laughs> and, and, and get a few in that, that make it past the slightly judgmental Andrew uh, litmus test. <laughs> So you you said that uh, you heard about Lee Vollebeck through Spotify Discover Weekly, like that that's that's how he came to you, like as as he was buried on one of those playlists, and and then you sought out more of his music. I think he's Canadian. His name sounds sort of Scandinavian, and his music to me sounded a little Scandinavian, whatever that means. Like I think that that's also probably not all that descriptive, but yeah, tell us a little about how you how you came to find this guy and your and your impression of this album. Yeah, well, in the electronic age i listen to a lot of different playlists and stuff and yeah this was um a strange one because i usually don't listen to the spotify weekly playlist that's curated um by spotify for you based off of your listens but this one yeah i was top of the list and was a wonderful singer songwriter i i just wanted to know more and so i found him out i what i love about him um what you'll hear is just this the incredible combination of instrumentation and how he how his voice and his vocals bounce off of it. He's got really high quality vocals and lyrics, and but I really do think it's the interplay between that and the instruments that um, really set him apart. That's at least what I noticed. Yeah, and he's somebody who, like, it's hard to even say what kind of singer-songwriter he is because there's, there's really lush, full instrumentation throughout this album. Like, you got strings, you got piano, you got drums, you got a mix of acoustic and electric guitar. Like, it does have the confessional intimacy, and that's there, and it's his name, so... I, I I don't I don't know how many of these instruments he's playing, how many he's brought in other people to to sort of back him. Um, this could easily be a band, and that with Lee Volebeck as the lead singer, but that's not the choice he's made, or he I don't know who he tours with. But it feels like you've got a lot of sound in there, um, and mm-hmm. and a lot of variation, song to song. 
I was hoping that when I saw Telluride was it was a track title, <laughs> I was hoping that would be kind of a, a Lee Vollebeck interpretation of the Tim McGraw song we discussed uh, on the Guilty Pleasures episode. That was not the case. It was a very different kind of song. But it, this is a beautiful album, a really, really cool album. And, I, and I'm glad that your tastes led the Spotify algorithm to put this on your playlist <laughs> and then for you to recommend it to me because um, he's not shown up on my Discover Weekly playlists. Is there a song you wanted to highlight? What's, 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 what's a track you really like to, to give listeners a taste of what he sounds like? Yeah, well, Leif Volbeck has a number of great songs, but I think his A-plus song that is... sets it, One song that really sets apart from the others is Elegy. Well, let's just take a listen to it right now. Little leather jacket and a black bandana Kicking over trash cans and telling jokes in Atlanta When I got the fever It hit me like a fan on the back of my head I don't know who I am but I'm Free for nothing, good for nothing too Crazy dreams, still crazy about you Won't you let me in one more time, babe? I wanna feel it too well, nothing is a lie, babe, if you know it ain't true Take a look at me now Take a look at me now Heart's on fire, so is the page Everybody around here is telling me to act my age I'm trying, things are only revealed so that was LG by Lee Fullerbeck. It's personally for me, it just the balance in the song is really notable noticeable. I mean, every single word that he says somehow oscillates between happy and sad, this kind of um tired and and positive. It's it's really incredible. That's what I've really noticed. If you really cut down into it, each line of the of the lyrics, he can change and that's what creates this incredible feel. There's also this kind of bounce to it. It's a very singer-songwriter style of bounce, but you kind of bounce your head to it, which is very interesting uh, as compared to maybe Craig, Craig Finn's stuff where it's very rock-driven, just kind of going you know, head down, going straight forward. This one kind of has this bouncy feel. It all works together to make this really incredible song. I, I, I really like this song, and there's I, I don't know if like R&B is the right phrase, but there's, I mean, he, he there's, yeah, his, his songwriting is more complex, certainly musically than, than Craig Finn. And there does seem to be a little bit of like a, a soulfulness to many of these songs that, that seems to come almost more out of a, a blues tradition or something. And, mm-hmm, yep. and the simple piano riff, simple drums, his vocals kind of coming in and out, the like, take a look at me now, like refrain that kind of punctuates the song and, and comes between, it's not quite a chorus, but it kind of plays the role of a chorus coming between these wordy wordy verses and his lyrics are specific and they sort of bring up these sort of dreamlike fragments of a past relationship and i yeah this is just a a lovely song um i'm not sure i would call any of his songs catchy like they're hard to sing along to and i think this is an album you'd have to listen to many many times before you kind of remembered the songs but i don't i don't mean that as a criticism i think there's a complexity to the songs that they are beautiful, and um, but they, they don't. They're they're not driven by sort of simple hooks. Like they're more complicated than that. A song mm-hmm. that I absolutely loved is uh, the song "East of Eden," which comes about two thirds of the way through the album. So this is. Let's listen to a little bit of, of "East of Eden." 
that's another one that just like i'm not sure i will i'm not sure that song might feel new to me almost every time i hear it but it's it's really incredible it feels like the guitar is playing its own different song in the background but it like works well even though it seems like it's a kind of different track than what he's doing vocally you've got this like sort of ambling along electric guitar in the background and these vague phrases like how we talk at night in the blue electric light like just sort of feels dreamlike, feels like a thunderstorm or something. Like a really, a really beautiful, elegant song. Is, is this one you like, East of Eden, Andrew? Oh, yeah. I think it's uh, top three for me on this album for the same reasons you're talking about. The guitar work itself is just wonderful. It's almost, like you said, it's really could be two songs. You could maybe make the guitar work into its own song. That would be perfectly enjoyable. And then his vocals, he's really great with that. And the lyrics, and again, this is kind of the wonderful combination of really good lyrics, really good vocals, but he creates enough but he creates enough space for the instruments to do their thing and to have their own kind of excitement into the song, but then the instruments can create their space for his vocals and this really great balance and and again, it's it's it feels like his better songs are when that balance is there. Yeah, I think that's exactly the right right phrasing that, they, that there's sort of space in these songs that he's created space that there's often these kind of interludes that they're not quite bridges because they're throughout the song rather than sort of at one specific moment, but that feels like there's these sort of bridges between a lot of the verses that are that are, don't feel like filler and add just a, a level of complexity. Do you disagree mm-hmm. with me on the lack of like sort of I don't know like singles or hooks? Like is that do, do, I. I I, maybe maybe you have a different take on that, I don't, or, or do you agree that these? Are, it's not oh, an I, album that like you bring songs right to, to the front of your mind. I completely agree with that. I, I think it's interesting because I didn't notice, especially in LG, that there was no uh, chorus. But somehow, this is what's really interesting: is he's able to keep a very catchy tone to his song. Um, I do think there's kind of the energy of his songs. Um, kind of what I talked about earlier is there's more of a bounciness to it, more of a of a beat or something where you're still interested. There's still kind of a lightness to it. But normally I would say that songs get to that lightness and energy through a chorus. And somehow he's doing it without it, which is very interesting. Um, I don't really know how he pulls it off. Um, I couldn't really break that down, but absolutely. He somehow gets these songs across and they're, and they're great. Yeah. And I think maybe one of the, the biggest compliments that personally I can pay to this album is I'm not, it's, it's, it's very emotionally complex in tone without, without being easy to define. It's, I don't think it's a sad or somber or melancholy or depressing album. I wouldn't call it a, a happy or upbeat album, but I'd call it sort of like contemplative and, and meditative and the songs move between sort of different tones as lyrics seem to move between different tones. And so it's really rich in, in what it makes you feel, but 
it's not nearly as simple as here's an upbeat, happy summer song, or here's like a sad breakup song. I feel like it more accurately captures like, I don't know, the, the weird nuanced emotions that you actually feel during a day or a week. Um, and he seems to do that really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally endorse this. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought it into my life. It's a, it's a cool album. And I want to go listen to some of his older stuff, too. I mean, this is this one came out just a few months ago, but he's got at least two other albums prior to it. You're, you want to take us to the songs of the week? You, you, I think I think this is a big tone shift and <laughs> like more of an anthem, which is nice. So these these are slightly on the softer, more melancholy side of things, and, and your song of the week does not seem to be that. Yeah, we're doing we're taking a hard hard uh, turn here. All right. uh, <laughs> my song of the week is uh, it's a song called "Waiting on the Sum- uh, Waiting on the Summer" by VHS Collection. This is specifically the Dave Edwards remix. VHS Collection is a relatively new band from New York. They focus on guitar-based 80s retro style. A lot of their songs have a traditional clean guitar in the background with these noticeably distinct synths. Like these synths that you very, they're very kind of on the forefront of what they're trying to do musically. For example, on the original Waiting on the Summer song, there is this bass synth that sounds like it's clipping. It's very noticeable. It's just in-your-face bass synth. And so that's that's fine. That's great. The original song is good. But then you have David Edwards, who is an artist that essentially does what he's doing on this song for a living. He takes a good song, catchy, and he just makes it into this, this yeah, this fun party dance song. Uh, the original artist who did this was an artist called Rack. I forget what it stands for, but R-A-C. He pretty much takes pop songs and then makes them into kind of electronic pop songs, and they sound great. So that's what uh, David Edwards is doing here. I would call this song a total summer banger. This is, uh, (laughs) it's just fun. There's pretty much nothing else involved here. It's just, you know, you just want to be driving down with some summer sun on you and going to the beach or something. (laughs) Uh, Not much else to it. It's just, and I I suggest that any listener do this because that's what you're going to get out of the song. I think it knows exactly what it's trying to do and it does it well. So let's listen to... Waiting on the Summer by VHS Collection and Dave Edwards. I could get you down Fully loaded, fully loaded With my face up in the clouds I could find a town Trade this city for a place Where I can keep the pressure down Got to save some face Pleasing all the players when they wind up in the chase Got to be a place Where my shoulders won't be burning by the burning of the rays That was Waiting on the Summer by VHS Collection, and this is the and that was the Dave Edwards remix. Craig, what's your song of the week? 
my one thought on that is i just love that the band's name is vhs collection based on how you described them as like a sort of (laughs) guitar based 80s retro style with synth with like that's just it's cool it's cool that they're they chose a band name to sort of match what they're trying to do i I think that's clever i'd say my song is a little bit in the summer anthem arena as well although perhaps not quite as as clearly is is your choice so i I think i've mentioned a band um on this podcast although i don't think we've actually talked about them in any depth or listened to their stuff but a band called joyce manor pop punk emo like yeah like sort of bratty like snarling vocals a little bit uh they're from torrance california and they put out an album in 2016 called Cody that I think of as like one of the 2016 albums that sounds like it could have easily come out in 2001, 2002, 2003, that, that kind of feel. Um, and one thing to know about this band is this is a 10 song album that's 24 minutes long. And I think their previous <laughs> album was like a 10 song album that was 26 minutes long. So they're in and out two minute songs, one minute and 50 second songs, like, like a sort of a little bit of a lo-fi sound like you can hear the kind of weezer pop punk influences like catchy songs like power chords and i just think this is a really fun album i could have almost chosen any song off this album i i think they're sort of equally good and they're not hugely different from one another but one song that i really like is called last you heard of me this is a song that sort of has a very simple structure where it starts out with just a guitar and vocals in the first verse and kind of sets the setting of a karaoke bar and like making eye contact with a girl across the bar and like what might become of that night. And then it adds instrumentation. So the drums come in, the song becomes a little more propulsive then the, then the rest of the band comes in and, and the vocals pick up in intensity and then it sort of breaks it back down at the end and, and sort of becomes again stripped to just the guitar and vocals. So pretty simple songwriting structure, but it really works like... Uh, it's catchy, it's fun, and um, when you're done listening to VHS Collection and you're still on your way to the beach and you've got some more time to kill, I'd say just blast the, the Cody album by Joyce Manor and you'll, you'll, you'll stay in that sort of fun, uh, happy feel. So this is Last You Heard of Me by Joyce Manor. found myself down at the bar. For the second time this year Wrote my song down, gave it to the guy Then went to grab another beer Sonia's going to listen to their stuff a little bit andrew yeah i think i have i don't know if you recommended it to me or what but i do definitely remember the song fake id which is the first on this same album 
great, wonderful. I really enjoyed that. Uh, some very clever lyrics. The song that you mentioned last you heard of me is in the same vein. This is a really fun band. I love how they seem to have a little bit more variety than some of the other um, kind of new emo bands out there, in my personal opinion, at least. Um, just from song to song. But yeah, that's incredible that this album is 24 minutes long, over 10 songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I, 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 I admire that. I, it, it is fun. Like there's, there's no filler. Like the, the, if a song is a, a minute and 45 seconds they, and they'll get in like three verses in a couple chorus in that time, they just, they don't waste time with sort of 15 second intros. They get right into it. Um, and I like that about them. Um, and makes it easy to, to put a put a clip and capture what's going on in, on this podcast too. So we'll throw all these songs onto the ongoing Have You Heard This Spotify playlist and um, you can keep up with the things we've been discussing and, and hear the full tracks. And um, Andrew and I will be back soon with, with some breakdown of another another genre or why it is or isn't a genre or whatever it is that, that's uh, hitting our ears and, and we want to talk about. So thanks so much. And Andrew, talk to you soon. And thanks for uh, introducing me to Lee Fallaback. We could be alright. Now it's me and my cigarettes and alcohol.